0: Episode 32 of Screen Tone Club, your um, fortnightly look at manga with a focus on joint discussion. My name is Elliot Page. We are recording on the 1st of September 2019. Oh God, we're into literal autumn now, actual autumn. And this will hopefully come for release on the 3rd of September. I'm joined, as always, by my lovely co host, Mr. Andy Hanley. How are you doing, Andy? Um,
1: I'm employing a new strategy of just pretending it's not September, so everything that you said was was untrue, it is not September at all, everything is great.
0: (laughs) I love being August the 32nd. Um...
1: (laughs) Yes, yeah, Our, our new calendar.
0: Yeah, dear me. So... Um, as mentioned, and um, this is our Fortnite look, at Ma- Fortnite look at manga. Today is accidentally our One Piece books um, episode but also we have some returning champions but first, um, a discussion about quick a quick shout out about our Patreon we have a Patreon, um, we just put up a, a bonus episode on Glepnir, I hope I never have to pronounce that word again um, but we have a bonus episode about that and you too can get bonus episodes and even vote on what we cover in the bonus episodes by pledging from just One dollar a month to the podcast and worth noting we're getting quite close to our next um like sort of landmark on the patreon and if we get to a hundred dollars a month of patreon sort of um pledges we will start doing two bonus episodes a month so you can literally double your content (laughs) um quite easily if you bully your friends well if you encourage your friends to help us out um and as always um a quick shout out to rob jessup who very kindly um supports the podcast at an almost silly rate but again greatly appreciated so moving on um also as a quick note for the patreon actually before i move on um voting will open for september for the bonus episode we have quite a good like gaggle of series already ready to be voted for um but of course you can vote for anything you like um as long as it's available in english and in the uk so you know if you fancy making us you know watch something you feel is criminally underrated then hey you can do that so anyway returning champions um i'm going to continue gabbing for a wee sec but first and foremost um returning champions the easy bit um i got saint young men volume two um which came out about a month ago i believe and andy i think we were both quite positive about saint young men volume one when we reviewed it on a previous episode of the podcast right
1: yes indeed yes i enjoyed it greatly
0: great so you'll probably enjoy saint young men volume two then um that's kind of it um i don't really have anything too much more to say um jesus gets up to some hella hella moe stuff in volume two if that phrase is allowed to exist um there's some you get some even deeper cuts in like um law well not law you know um theology uh god calling it law like it's freaking mass effect or something (laughs) um but you get the idea like there's some quite deep cuts uh you even get to see buddha trying to like bribe someone by saying hey i'm buddha and it doesn't work um but yeah you get quite a lot of good goonie stuff going on um if you liked volume one then yeah volume two very good um continues to be very fun
1: yeah, I, I'd totally forgotten to pick that up, so uh, that is a, a handy reminder that uh, that I should do so. Uh, I, I should ask quickly, can can you give it a, a t-shirt game score out of 10?
0: Um, high. Actually, no. Actually, very high. There's a very good t-shirt-related <laughs> gag that I'm not going to mention at all, because when it happened, I was kind of just rolling around laughing at it so there's a very good t-shirt gag in this um volume
1: okay, the one th- I, I look forward to it even more
0: though. yeah the one thing that is slightly annoying about this series is that it's almost like a full price of a physical volume for the digital copy but honestly like st young men is very good and it feels like a blessing that we even have it available in english so i'm kind of happy to pay that for this series um, yeah, slightly, slightly yeah. begrudgingly but still
1: yeah, I'm I'm willing to uh, to take that after uh, as discussed previously. So many years where it seemed like that was never going to get any kind of English release, and it was on the, the never happen list. Like you know, I'll 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 take throwing a, a few extra quid at it just to uh, just to be able to read it
0: yeah i mean and it's a very nice release so there we are and my other returning champion is one we talked about previously is until your bones rot so in the back i've been reading the remaining volumes because we did volume one on the podcast and i read through volume two to the end which is volume seven and man alive this series like just trips over itself completely um it, it it there's several things i want to cover in in, in like i don't want obviously spoil the mystery because that would like make the entire series worthless to a lot of people who are listening but i can summarize my complaints about this series is basically the characters like continue to be moderately unlikable and then start to become extremely unlikable mostly because they like there's a lot of cases where characters could like get out of dodge and you know kind of come off okay but then really don't and they also seem like almost determined to to pick like the most difficult path um which complicates things further something happens at the end of volume two which is extremely kind of intense and very much a case of oh man like this series is kind of going for it if you're doing this like i didn't think this would happen um but then something does happen and then it goes through quite a lot more setup you know you've got a lot of interesting um sort of you know preparation and then the whole thing kind of just falls apart towards the end um it does feel almost like the series had to make some kind of resolution and then really had to struggle to put everything together at the end um the last volume volume seven is almost the entire thing is just resolving everything kind of one thing at a time just grabbing stuff and putting it together and like the actual the eventual answer to it makes sense but is still vaguely unsatisfying and it feels like it missed its stop almost where it could have made a much more like it even needed to be like two volumes shorter or a volume longer to justify everything that kind of comes out at the end of it and so it's kind of disappointing, honestly. And like it go, it goes deep into some love polygon stuff, which really derails some parts of the murder mystery. And that, that while an interesting like character study is just not that interesting when merged with everything else. And you have one, you have one character in particular Ryu who basically does nothing for the entire series, but be resentful uh, in the side of a panel. And that's kind of all he ever gets to do, which is a shame. Um, and yeah it has the end it ends up okay but it's very much a case of like both misplaying its hand and also not really having enough to work with in a weird combo so kind of disappointing honestly from you know the whole hog really um so kind of can't really recommend it if that makes sense because you know it you know especially from volume five onwards i was going okay like something kind of needs to be resolved here because this is kind of just rumbling on um but yeah so there's until your bones rot um kind of kind of just like slowly lumbers itself to a conclusion i suppose is one way of putting it
1: yeah that that kind of seems seems like a shame because you know for for all the the kind of the problems and, and kind of issues we had with that first volume like there was there's very definitely like the kernel of a good series there and it kind of felt like if nothing else it might be a series that kind of lives and dies by its ending but if even that is disappointing then that's uh, that's definitely a bit of a bit of a a, a blot to its copybook as it yeah, were yeah
0: it's kind of weird because like if i was to write out the steps of what happened of the actual ending and how it ends up it's good like the ending actually ends in a pretty like the actual ending of it is good you know it has a pretty interesting little ending and like look at the characters but the problem is that just the steps of how it gets there and but also the steps of how it reveals itself to you just don't just don't satisfy at all um some of the bigger mysteries end up becoming massive wet farts which doesn't help and a lot of it comes down to a lot of weird stupid motives and a lot of cases of sitting there staring at it going why Why would any of this happen? Like, this doesn't make sense. And it complicates itself multiple times. And also there's quite a lot of stuff where like i went back through the first two volumes again and basically it's not doing a retcon but it's doing flashbacks that then backfill stuff that you could never have known so the one thing that makes it highly unsatisfying as a mystery or a thriller is there's no way you could ever like guess or like even investigate towards the eventual conclusion on your own like you can't do it because you just don't have the information Um, which does make it quite annoying when it's like oh this is a Big flashback that really changes a bunch of characters and motivations, and why wasn't this talked about before in any form or fashion? So that's what kind of that's what kind of makes the ending unsatisfying. Honestly, partly is that you, there's no way you can even guess at what's coming, so you don't get the excitement of oh, is it this? Ooh, so you don't you yeah. just don't get it.
1: Yeah, that that does sound uh, deeply frustrating. Like I mean, because it's it's one thing to feel stupid for having not figured something out, but there's a big difference between feeling stupid because you know you just missed something, or like the series is is smartly written enough. <coughs> excuse me, uh, the series is smartly written enough that you know it, it's managed to kind of obfuscate things and and kind of be be sneaky about it. But when it's just straight up kind of you know redacted important things, and that's like aha, look at my solution. It, that that just feels like a, a cop out in in this kind of series.
0: Yeah, it really does, especially when i was reading it going oh when did they discuss this before and they didn't and i was like oh well that sucks <laughs> like how was i supposed to, uh it also do, yeah it also means that some of the character turns just aren't satisfying because like there is some good moments the way you're like oh this happened but no way would you ever have known so anyway it's yeah a shame like also like it can't quite get over the fact that it's extremely male gaze-y and like boobs and butt get grabbed ahoy um which kind of makes it a bit more disappointing honestly um but yeah that's until your bones are rot um so moving on um i've been talking too much frankly do you want to take the lead on our um topics for this episode andy i feel like i do this to you a lot um you must <laughs> no. be used to it by now you can say no you know but um... no no let's
1: let's let's do this cool uh yeah so uh, so yes yeah, so my my pick for uh for this episode is uh, i hear the sunspot which is uh a, a two volume series so nice and short uh there is also a two volume kind of follow-on if you really get into it um as mentioned it is published by one piece books uh the author is yuki fumino and uh, you can find it on kobo and BookWalker, uh, as per kind of all of one pieces stuff um and uh the i hear the sunspot is uh the story of of two young men effectively um it's kind of told mostly through the the lens of uh of a guy called uh tachi sagawa who is uh He's not really a loudmouth. He's just kind of, uh, he's very forthright and kind of isn't afraid to say whatever's on his mind. Um, and very, as we join he's him. He's very
0: genki, I suppose. Yeah,
1: yeah, like he, he definitely has that kind of energy to him as well. Um, but, uh, as we join him, he's kind of job hunting because he's just been fired from his previous job for arguing with a customer. Um, rather stupidly, he's like basically trying out like the neighboring businesses who are like, no, I heard you having an argument with a customer. Like your, your, your voice carries, which is, is kind of a, a, a key plot point as it turns out. Um, and, uh, with that not really going very well, he's kind of just kind of, Wandering around, and, uh, he, he kind of literally drops in on, uh, our other main character, Kohei Sugihara, who is, uh, just kind of like hanging out on a rooftop having his lunch. Um, and, uh, if, if there's one thing that, that will turn Tai Chi's eye, it's, it's some, some good food. Um, and, uh, and he, he very much lives by the, the credence that if somebody gives you free food, then they must be a decent guy. Um, and so Sugihara instantly gets into his good books by offering him his lunch. Um, and Tsukihara initially seems to be very kind of uh, taciturn, not really interested in having a conversation, um, is, is very reserved, um, but uh, the other key part of the story, as it turns out, is that Sihara has a, a hearing disability, um, so he's not completely deaf, he can hear people, but he finds it very difficult. Especially, you know, in, in busy places, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, so, you know, that's, uh, that, that's kind of why he is isolated the, the, the way that he is. And, and that kind of becomes a, a key part of the series. Uh, but as it, as it happens, Sugihara is also looking for a note, a note taker. He's basically a, a freshman in law school. Um, and because of his hearing disability, He's kind of looking for somebody to help out in lessons and take notes on what the, the, the lecturers are saying, uh, because, you know, he can't necessarily make it all out. Um, and so Tai Chi kind of just like leaps in and says, Hey, I'll do that job. Um, especially when he finds out he's going to be paid in free lunches. Um, and so the two of them kind of end up hanging out and spending a fair bit of time together. Um, and it's really kind of uh, something of a story of, of Tai Chi sort of trying to, to pull Sugihara somewhat out of his shell um also ends up kind of sticking up for him against the kind of prejudices that that he comes across um, and as time goes on, kind of, you know, their relationship waxes and wanes somewhat, but they end up getting closer. And ultimately, this is a boys' love series. So in, by the end of the first volume, we've, we've had a, a confession, et cetera, et cetera, as well. Although as the afterwards to this volume kind of notes, like from the author, it's like, Oh yeah, I kind of forgot that I was writing this for a, a, a boys' love uh, manga magazine. And at some point, they basically called me up and said, like, are they going to, like, go out or anything because this doesn't seem to be happening so it, it does it does always feel a little bit like a an afterthought in some senses like this this could easily not be a boys love title at all like it, it's very it's been very light on that stuff in this first volume and kind of like the, the friendship angle would have been just as strong in terms of, of kind of you know the characters etc etc yeah um
0: oh sorry carry on <laughs> and
1: uh for, for the most part i I like this volume. Like, it it has some caveats. Like, I I think the the biggest problem that it has is, you know, it it kind of... One of the best things that, that this volume does is it kind of... We get a chapter or so that is very much kind of Sugihara's point of view, kind of going back to when his kind of hearing disability first manifested like he's not had it since birth it's something that kind of came about via illness Um and that's actually like probably the the most powerful kind of like high point of the volume in terms of kind of showing you know what happened and obviously kind of the the fallout from that in terms of you know suddenly losing this disability that you know you kind of take for granted and, and what that meant to his relationships with kind of friends, how people perceived him and kind of like how people perceived the change in him. Um, And you know, that, that, that's some, some really good stuff there. I think my biggest issue with this volume is that it kind of, it could almost have gone back a bit further to show a bit more of, of kind of what he was like before that. Like you get a very kind of brief glimpse of kind of, the boy he was until kind of you know this uh, this this illness kind of like caused him the issues that he had but like it's the thing that this kind of this volume keeps harping back to is is the idea that you know Sugihara is, is kind of you know isolating himself uh, in part and also like partly just, just finding himself isolated from society because it's a society that isn't really geared up for people with hearing disabilities mm. um, and he's kind of he's been kind of stubborn about it on on his own part like he's refused to kind of learn sign language which again kind of plays into a, a few parts of this volume like he could have gone to uh, you know a, a, a college that that suited his needs better but like he was very determined to, to just go to a normal college um and so kind of all of that plays plays into that but like it's it's kind of it's hard to get a real feel for what the character was like before and that kind of makes it hard to really like him at, at the end of the day like you get some some little glimpses of that kind of make him more than sort of a a bit of a flat character but like i, I don't know how you found it elliot but like I, I did find it hard to kind of to really get behind sigahara's character because i feel like i always felt like there was a layer to him missing that, that like n- nobody including the reader gets to see
0: i think um so i quite like sugihara honestly um especially because it's a lot of you know having to much like tai chi has to although tai chi you know is plot bound and also very good at dragging stuff out of people because he's so guileless like the guy is so f- friggin, like naive and guileless that he gets himself in trouble usually because he's trying to do something good by someone and that's one of the reasons why the two of them kind of fall in together even though tai chi kind of falls down on the whole note-taking aspect it's that You know, he doesn't have, like, there's no excuses needed around him, um, even though at times it would help if both of them would open up a little more. But I quite like Sugihara. The main thing with me is, as you mentioned, like there's both the question of what he was like beforehand, which I'm not so big on. The bigger thing that I find an issue is that, it's very difficult to get a handle on his perception of the world um like he makes he talks to taiji and talks to others about what how he experiences the world but the one thing i think would be really helpful as a reader is to like you know you have the flashbacks from his point of view but it would be a lot more useful or i would personally like it if there was a section that was from his point of view entirely including his sensory reception like what how does he hear people like does you know there's a section when after he's just become um, hard of hearing that it kind of partially has that but not very clearly like i would like as i say that i'd like the section where it shows what he's having to deal with and how he perceives the world and like he mentions that taiji is different mostly because Taiji's is a loud mouth um, but also projects well um, with his voice and also does something that a lot of people don't do to uh, sugihara and will constantly forget which is actually talk to his face and talk directly to him so he can lip read and he can hear them whereas you know a lot of the social issues that arise for sugihara is because people are just talking offhandedly like sat on their chair sideways and he can't he can't hear well because both they're projecting their voice away from him and they're also facing away so how the hell is he going to be able to rehear them like or see what they're saying so yeah. and I, and also i feel like because he starts out as being so withdrawn and like his basic face facial expression is like a colon with a pipe like his 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 face never barely changes, so when they do manage to coax emotion out of him, it really is powerful in this series and i I kind of grew to like him as a result um it is is funny you mentioned the b l thing the b r magazine thing, and uh, I mean to sound like such a friggin like dumbass like dude here, but like I would have liked, I feel like I would have liked this without the like, the encroaching BL, mostly not because I'm against BL, like I'm perfectly fine, but it's more the fact that because as you mentioned, the author themselves completely forgot about it, that they were perfectly fine with their direction of travel of like the characters and even the confession element is really well handled even if the characters themselves completely flub how to handle it and what a deal it is but when they you know they have a snog at one point and it also my first note in that you're like uh is this the time to be doing that like i think the two of you are still in the middle of an argument here like this just seems a bit weird um just to sort of shove a kiss in there um like right. you, you could have done that two pages later, and it would have fit a lot better with what the characters were talking about, rather than just snog. Wait, we're arguing. Okay, back to that. It's like, what? What's going on here? Yeah, um, yeah. I
1: mean that 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 whole point in particular felt like it could have been like the the chapter ran its course, and there was just like an asterisk at the bottom of the page, like but. By the way, they're they're also in love Uh, because it's like it just it just suddenly felt it was almost like a translation note or something of just like by the way like like I I should just also make this clear because yeah otherwise it didn't really fit into kind of the the scenario at hand.
0: It almost felt like it was a page out of uh, you know like I say a a a misprint almost because I'm like wait why is it doing this now like that doesn't flow at all Um, and you know and also frankly like before even before the confession it's like oh these two are totally like. you know they don't have to be a relationship to have well they don't have to be going out quote unquote to have a relationship that's meaningful they're clearly highly codependent and suit each other well and that's what kind of makes them an interesting pair and why i warm to them so much um like you know i kind of i kind of came to enjoy taiji as the loud mouth you know not idiot but you know he's just a loud mouth you know very excitable dude and it really helped that you know, he was also someone to fight um, Sugihara's corner and I came to like them both because of that. But when it's having to like, I don't know, like when it's having to like, you know, put its BL Buna Fides out there, it makes it seem lamer <laughs> as a result. Maybe just me. I don't know. But I liked them before it, you know, the, the as I say, the confession was fine because it was a case of like, oh don't know what to do in this situation i'm going to throw my emotions out there and hope nothing goes wrong and then when they have a kiss later it's like well that's that's fine and cool but you totally don't need to do that and if anything it makes their character their relationship slightly more boring because it it doesn't feel quite as heartfelt and like conjoined like it doesn't make the, it, it makes it feel a lot more formulaic all of a sudden uh maybe it's yeah. just me uh,
1: yeah and i mean weirdly I, I think for me it also kind of And and, uh, apologies, this is going to be another one of those, like, series I keep bringing up in subsequent podcasts. But, like, it it also made me think back to kind of Blue Flag that we covered recently that, Mm. you know, has, like, you know... uh, Characters who who are in love with other characters of the same sex, and like it, it really works with that, and it it really does stuff with it over a long period of time to kind of like it. It, it takes a lot of care in kind of putting the building blocks of that kind of love, you know, as as one sided and unrequited as it is. Like it, it really puts a lot of care into building that up slowly and kind of letting you see it kind of for men, and you you, you know from its formative kind of moments right the way through to you know effectively a confession. Whereas this, it it did feel, and kind of, it it all really clicked into place when I kind of read that, that kind of little afterward slash comic that was just like, oh yeah, like, that did feel very just thrown in at the end of just like oh yeah i guess i need to put in the thing that makes this kind of that defines this against the genre that i'm actually supposed to be writing for rather than kind of a natural you know just uh, a natural end points to the way things have been building
0: yeah i feel like it's a massive shame honestly because i really do i really i quite enjoyed this series quite a lot or this volume even sorry Mo- i mean there's a lot of reasons why i why i kind of want to ding it like the back forth back forth like pacing of it how it mishandles some weird like plot elements like the whole miho thing which is very confusing from the get-go and handled weirdly and also like the characters finding the exact wrong time to clam up and not talk to each other which until recently you know is generally their best strength is talking to each other and then when they decide to clam up is usually the worst possible time so i mean i get it you gotta spin drama out somehow but it makes it kind of annoying and then you you know the the weird like falling out they have towards the end of the volume which also is very like slightly confusing in terms of wait why are they upset why are they not talk oh i don't know but then you know it kind of comes to the good but i i really enjoyed the characters like i like tai chi a great deal um just because of his effervescence i suppose his effervescent personality um but uh, yeah it was kind of nice but at the same time it's a case of like oh this is it, it would be nice if there was a few things like just sort of trimmed up the one thing that made me laugh honestly is like after the first two chapter or two i, I was thinking to myself i said well this this all works fine if anything it it kind of like if you just swapped the characters out for girls, it would be like every other like it, the character archetypes and the relationship archetypes and how they come to meet. It you could basically copy and paste it and it would work perfectly fine the other way around as well, which I think just shows that I've read a lot of like very sort of formulaic Yuri or just romance manga. Um, <laughs> although I will admit, like the way they re- meet each other is funny, and then when they have to replicate it, um, Taichi has to replicate it because he doesn't know how else to get there, which is funny. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, it, it, it has some good moments like that. But yeah, I mean, I, I kind of... I i warmed somewhat to Sugihara's character by the end. Like, you know, he he does start to kind of show a, a little bit... Uh, show more of his cards, I guess, as this first volume goes on. Like, yeah, Taichi's kind of hard not to like because he is kind of in that typical sort of character arch Uh But I, I did also like the way this, this first volume kind of deals with you know, the the issues that Sugihara has around his, his disability because it would again like we we've, we've i suspect we've all read kind of other series that that kind of take subject matter like this and just turn it into like oh look at all these people who suck because like they they bully the character that has a disability but like this has a far broader kind of brush that that it that it uses to kind of like you know paint the 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 social issues of of kind of you know of of, of having to live with a disability like this you know yes there are people who are just kind of like jerks about it but there are also people on the other end of the spectrum who are just trying so hard to be helpful that they actually kind of that actually being hurtful in their own way without realizing it or or they're just kind of you know it, it, it effectively kind of as as per kind of like miho in, in that whole kind of story arc of, of just kind of having their their own kind of weird fantasy almost of like oh you know well i i like him so it'll be great i'll be like the person that helps them which is like a weirdly backwards way of kind of looking at a relationship. And I, I, I like the way that it handled all of that stuff. Like, I, I think it, it did a good job of kind of putting together the, the full picture of kind of why Sigihara has kind of isolated himself the, the way he has and that it isn't just a case of like, oh, everybody bullied him. So, you know, he's kind of uh, gone off to do his own thing. Like there's there's far more complexity to it than that, and I I think all of that was handled pretty well here.
0: Yeah, Miho filling in the role of like Philip K. Dick ruining his entire life and also the life of the person he's trying to help. Um <laughs> that's a bit of a weird cut, but yeah. But I mean it also like the one of the first notes I made was about the note taking, like, quote unquote job slash volunteer thing where like, my first response to that, like, being the, like, over, overly politicised person I am was, well, that's a stupid band-aid that shouldn't need to exist, and there should be a better provision for people. <laughs> like, I know that's, like, that's my sort of weirdo over-politics over take, but it, it definitely did feel like, well, this is a solution, but it's not a very good solution, and also, like, it's not helping the person on their own to, like continue on their own. So yeah, it was this weird it was this it was also a very good like sort of indictment of the social structures that had come to like in trap um Sugihara. Like, you know, there's that there's one offhanded comment made by someone who is there and is employed to help them, basically saying, oh yeah, those who have bigger disabilities get priority. You kind of just get pushed down the list. Um also you need to do this yourself and this yourself and this yourself and buy. And it's it was pretty grim on that side just because it's a case of like, yep. You ain't gonna get much help, boyo, so. yeah. Yeah
1: yeah I, I think that's actually one thing it could perhaps have been a little clearer with because like there are also points in this volume where it's kind of it suggested that Sugihara has kind of turned down a lot of the help that would have been available to him but then yeah like it does also play it and kind of offset it against moments like that that suggests like no you know this is this is just what you get because you're you're you know quote unquote not disabled enough so it's it's perhaps a little kind of uneven in terms of how it treats that because at, at times it makes it feel like this is kind of Sugihara being stubborn and just kind of like refusing all of the things available to him because he wants to to live an entirely normal life but at the same time yeah like there is also that element of like this you know this seems like it's uh, this seems like you're you're kind of you know having to work around a system that isn't helping you and it it doesn't really kind of lean entirely in one direction or another
0: yeah it kind of makes it confusing from a reader point of view as you mentioned for knowing where the character stops and the system ends because like at the start when he's diagnosed and he's like, Oh, we will need you to register. We will, if you register as disabled, you can get assistance. And that's left as an open question. So I don't know still if he actually registers disabled or if he is like just getting unofficial help on the side, like because he didn't want to register, but I guess he did. It's, it's, that's the thing is it's difficult to know because it does color the perception of the character's actions and how they, you know, developed. Um, but it's hard to get a handle on it because you just don't know, um, which is a problem. So it just, mm. it just makes, yeah. it, it, it adds ambiguity to the character where you kind of need the clarity to have an emotional attachment to them which i kind of do because i came to i warmed to them the characters but it's difficult to see the boundaries of you know you get it i mean obviously it's a lot easier to show with taiji because the boundaries of you know the problems he's experiencing are a lot more clearly defined it's like oh family strife etc cetera, etc cetera, poverty etc so that is a lot easier to kind of grapple with and see oh okay this is how things have got crumbled for him and why he's in this weird job hunting thing so yeah
1: yeah yeah and I mean also like I mean for like artwork wise there wasn't anything kind of too much that stood out for me but I did like that there's some really good kind of like transitions between panels in in one or two places like there's there's a good moment where kind of tai Chi ends up kind of standing up to, to a guy who's kind of being a bit of a jerk towards Sugihara like it's after Sugihara it, again it's it's playing with that whole idea that you know, unless Sugihara is, is looking at somebody directly, he can't really hear what they're saying or, or lip read them and so it's somebody kind of making an aside after he's turned away and there's some really smart kind of like panelling that shows both kind of Sugihara's point of view where he's basically just looking at his feet and then Taichi just going and kind of laying the dude out for being a jerk and it kind of does a really nice kind of like side by side of just kind of playing the two things alongside one another but uh, they look pretty cool Um and then there's another moment where there's kind of like a uh, one of the more kind of dramatic high points of the volume that, that is sort of taking place in the rain because dramatic things always happen in the rain under a
0: bridge very important
1: um, yeah also under a bridge but like there's a really nice kind of transition that has like kind of rain slash teardrop stains that just kind of like color that transition that again like it's it's really effective at kind of giving a sense of, of place and emotion and it also just looks kind of cool so there are like a couple of moments there that really stood out like oh there's there's, there's some real craft and thought being put in into kind of you know some of the, the paneling and transitions there.
0: Yeah, there's also some good use of height or height differential because Sugihara is already like real tall and Chi is not. And so it it plays with that quite a bit where you have got the characters like almost Taichi's like peeking up from the bottom of the panel trying to stay in shot. Um there's some good expressions like, you know, as mentioned is quite taciturn and so when you do get something out of him it feels it feels special. There's some good blushing, it's important, blushing is important. Um but yeah, it was a good i i don't know one thing i want to ask andy is do you think you're going to read volume two um
1: um yeah i am i'm quite tempted like i i do kind of want to see where it goes from here i mean especially given you know what we've mentioned about the kind of the the boys love origins almost being forgotten like it, it feels like everything is set up for the second volume to be far more relationship focused and i'm i'm actually quite interested to see how the series deals with that assuming that it does kind of you know go more seriously down that route and yeah given that it's only a, a two volume thing you know kind of a, a sequel notwithstanding yeah i, I may well i may well pick it up and, and check it out at some point because like there was definitely enough for me to to be like yeah you know i, I kind of i want to see where these characters end up if nothing else
0: yeah, I can see that. Well, I'm afraid I'm going to let you um, take the dive on that, and we'll wait to hear from you. Um,
1: <laughs> that, that's fair enough. What, what, one other thing we should say about the artwork, good meatballs.
0: Very good meatballs. Good food, <laughs> good food. in fact. Actually, quick note. Um, one thing that's kind of wild about this manga, I feel like this is a common thing, well, not a common thing, but something I that I always think about whenever I get a BR manga, but basically like most of the women in this series are really kind of just... Unsympathetic, apart from, um, I mean, you got like the gaudy girls who keep reappearing, um, several times, and then Miho is just like generic, like, um, k-on character number three. Um, meanwhile, you've got, um, Sugihara's mum, who is cool and good. So she's cool. Um, also, they have this sort of palatial house, which looks kind of ridiculous. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I, yeah actually, like, yeah, I, I, I should have mentioned, like, Sugihara's mum is, is great and it, Again, like I feel like this kind of series you get so used to kind of the the, the typical kind of stock mum figure in these characters that's either like super resentful of son's disability and kind of like either overtly or secretly hates it, or you have the like super supportive to a ridiculous degree mum who's maybe overbearing. And like seeing her as mum in this series is kind of exactly what you'd want a mum to be in that scenario, in that like she she is as supportive as she needs to be, but she's also Quite clearly, quite willing to like give him a kick up the ass if he needs it, and like there's a really good kind of she felt like an actual parent and not just like a stereotype of kind of manga parent number three. Like, and and, and I, I did really like that. It felt like there was kind of a really good character in there that I, I kind of hope like maybe gets a little more more play in in the second volume if if I do read it because like yeah, she she seemed great and she 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 seemed like an actual decent kind of well rounded idea of a of a parental figure.
0: Yeah, she was useful and very important. From a storyline point of view, but also just a good emotional anchor. Without, like, you know, she was a she was a well placed human being, and also a good character. A good she was both a good character and a good person. So, you know, ticking both those boxes. Um, so. Yeah, cool. So, unless you want anything else to mention about this, no, no, I think uh, I think that's it. Yeah, but you know, I I wonder what I, I the, the series didn't deliver on its on its um, title. However, it still didn't tell me what a sunspot sounds like. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, yeah, like, um, maybe, maybe this is like the... This, is, this will be the second volume where they go into space or something. It'll be like suddenly like, oh yeah, I forgot that. I was also supposed to write about space in this series. So, <laughs> I don't know. They they become spacemen in Volume 2. By
0: the, the way, this me. BL manga is all... This BL uh, magazine is also a giant robot magazine. Oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So, yeah, that's um, I Hear the Spawn Spot Volume 1. As a quick um, programming note, um, be very careful which volume you're buying when you're looking for it on some sites. Um, in the there's i hear the sunspot there's the sequel volume which also has the name i hear the sunspot but can be difficult to it also gets listed as a volume one because it has a different subtitle and then there's i hear the sunspot limit which is the sequel series i believe if i've got that right but basically you have you have three different quote-unquote series called i hear the sunspot which means that you've got to be careful you're buying the right one else you might end up completely confused and discombobulated in timeline
1: yeah, yeah, from from what I saw it seems mostly to be an issue with the way they've kind of listed the the two volumes of the the original series in Kobo because they've not given them like a volume 1 and volume 2 moniker. And this is also not a series that has a whacking great 1 or 2 on the front cover. So like even looking at that it's like I can't tell. Um I literally to do it I actually actually went into the preview for the for the volume and like that looks like the start of a story. I think this is volume 1 and uh i guess i got it right <laughs>
0: yeah but also cover art very nice so that's also another thing i yes. think it's, in its um, bonus so cool moving on to hinamatsuri um which um, was my pick um i haven't watched the anime i have seen a lot of gifs from it though and it looks real funny um so hinamatsuri is weird um but Hina Matsuri Volume 1, follows the travails of a yakuza kind of punk called nita who likes the finer things in life like he likes to surround himself with good shit like you know paintings vases taking care of his flat you know having a silly punk haircut and yakuza like as a shirt like you've seen from the 600 plus people you've beaten up in the various um, yakuza video games if you've played those but he thinks himself as being quite well regarded and you know he thinks himself as being quite cultured and so he's sat having a smoke one day after work when a dimensional portal opens above his head and this like weird face in a pill bug costume, like a very tight metal um sleeping bag, just plops out of the middle of nowhere, whacks him on the head and then lays on the floor. So Nitta, looking at it, goes, man, I must have drunk too much and goes to bed. Um He wakes up the next morning and the pill bug is still there. So... the pill bug speaks to him and says hey hey don't ignore me um please get me out of here there's a switch on the back so he kicks the switch and boop out pops a naked girl um who appears to be like middle school age um and basically this girl is hina um she is a very very powerful esper she has psychokinetic telekinetic powers um she is extremely sort of reserved and kind of sardonic i suppose and just sort of taciturn like She's like a rude version of Yuki Nagato, I guess. Um, but she is basically a very powerful Esper who... Is kind of a jerk, like she wants to be fed and clothed and doesn't really care. And she wants to go to school, but and doesn't mind making trouble for Nita, like you know, kind of grabbing his arm and twisting it behind his back, smashing his pots, you know, that sort of thing. She wants what she wants, but she's willing to like give and take. Um, she's had a bad experience with adults, and there's like histories and hints, mysteries and hints about a bad negative backstory somewhere in her life. Um, like where the hell she came from, who knows. And the series kind of goes from there with the adventures of Nitta as he tries to like deal with the fact that now he's suddenly a babysitter to this very ungrateful um psychic child. And Hina as well, kind of trying to warm up to someone when she has very little trust in human beings, especially adults, and kind of just wants to like enjoy the good things in life, like Salmon Roe, um a, a lot of that. And also, you know, needs to use her powers or else they explode, as you find out later. And so the series kind of it's it's a com- it's it then turns into it's in a comedy it's a comedy and it it's not one thing i want to say in particular is it's not like goonie or random or sort of jokey but it's extremely sort of like dry sense of humor like it reminded me a lot of um hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy in some ways where a cornerstone of its humor is one character yelling at another you didn't tell me that and the other character saying you never ask and then something explodes or someone gets really fucked up or something stupid happens or in one case a junior high school student ends up tending bar for a few hours because no one thought to really figure out what to do with her um so she ends up basically getting a lot of money in tips because she finally learns how to do a manhattan um although she is like a minor so whoops so It goes through, and it's, it's, it's weirdly heartfelt in a weird way where it's about like sort of found family of a psychic, um, selfish girl and this idiot Yakuza who gets dragged into a bunch of distant situations because of this idiot Esper and, you know, his idiot co-workers in the Yakuza, like Gumi or whatever hell. And it kind of just goes from there and it's really quite enjoyable as a result because it's funny and has its heart in the weirdly right place for being about a Yakuza and a psychic asshole. So it kind of goes from there. Like I say, like it kind of has this, ma- this very sort of enjoyable rolling tone of characters like thinking, well, this is dumb, but Hey, what else I'm gonna do? Oh well, let's carry on. Do 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 and it kind of rolls from there. And before you know it, you're kind of getting to the end of the volume and you're fully inured and used to this weird, dumb garbage that's going on, and these characters that are all basically looking at each other going, What the fuck have we gotten into? Um and you too also feeling that of like, man, what am I reading? But it's damn funny, so you can totally forgive it. Um I but yeah, I really, really enjoyed it as a result um it's i should have mentioned up top it's um uh, written by written drawn by masao otake um, and again one piece books um it's 14 volumes in japan ongoing there's five volumes at the moment in english um but yeah it's really enjoyable frankly like you the humor is on point like it rarely misses which is kind of the wild thing honestly is just how kind of endlessly sort of comedic it is like in with all the characters and they're all their stupid little problems um but yeah what do you what do you think of it andy sorry i have completely run off one off on one uh
1: yeah i mean I, I i i went on a journey with this series because this volume because like a few chapters in like i it really wasn't working for me like the the first three chapters i was kind of I got to the end of it and it it kind of left me cold and I I was left thinking like oh man this is going to be one of those series where like everybody likes it but me and like I (laughs) I just like can't find a thing to 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 get into it. Wait you didn't
0: like the hostage situation? No that was
1: that was kind of the last chapter where I was just kind of like you know I I was running through it I was just hoping that that something was going to kind of catch me and like I, I, I at least sort of appreciated what he was doing in that chapter, but it just didn't really work for me. And I was kind of sat there thinking, "Oh man, this is going to kind of suck." Like it, it's, I mean, probably had I not been kind of reading it before this podcast, I might have been tempted to actually just kind of get up and turn my tablet off at that point. But it's like, hey, Matt, I'm going to read the rest of this volume. And then man, from your that tablet's point are on... pain in
0: the rear to turn off if you have to stand up to do it. <laughs> Sorry, uh,
1: but then like from that point on. I loved it. Like I think once those first three chapters are, are, do a lot of a lot of work in terms of like setting up the foundation and the relationship between Nita and Hina and kind of like the the, the more general kind of strokes of, of certainly the, the world that, that Nita kind of lives within. And I feel like once it got that out of the way and laid those foundations, like it just really took off. And like I absolutely loved the rest of the volume from that point on. Like mm. it's it, it it had me cracking up every, every chapter. Like it, it had some, so many great jokes. Like I, I suddenly found myself really kind of like warming to the characters with, with all of their kind of stupidity and, and all of the dumb things they were doing. And it kind of, it kind of just turns into a really good sitcom at that point. Like, I mean, there's oh, a yeah. whole chapter, there's a whole chapter where kind of Nita and Hina like go up, go out on the kind of like Yakuza boss's boat on a fishing trip. And it just reminded oh, me God. of a lot of the, it just reminded me of a lot of the classic kind of, British sitcoms where, you know, the episode starts... A single relatively minor thing goes wrong like main characters try to do a thing to fix that make make it worse or cause another problem and you just have this chain reaction of things getting more and more ludicrously kind of out of control and more and more stuff going wrong until like they're absolutely kind of skin of their teeth still like refusing to like take responsibility for any of it and actually fess up to anything that's happened of just like no if we just do this one more thing then it will all be okay and like it's just this really kind of fantastic kind of piling up of, like, situation upon situation, uh, all of which are kind of, like, just, just need to, kind of, mostly just leaning on Hina's powers to fix it while she's, like, basically passing out because she's just, like, had to use all of her powers. Oh, um, And, like, moments like
0: that... As that chapter went on, I was trying to, like, not just tear my eyes out because, like, <laughs> it's so intense. Like, I've been in situations like that and I've seen situations like that in comedy and it's so keenly embarrassing... Like, just, oh, God, that entire chapter is just... Like, I love it, it's great, but, oh, my God, I just want to fucking throw the tablet on the other side of the room. It's so <laughs> intense.
1: Yeah, and it, it, it's always just always, like, perfectly, like, five seconds from all just blowing up in their faces, but always just far enough away to be that template. Like, no, I think, I think they got it this time. Oh, no, something else has gone wrong. Yeah, I must admit, like...
0: Um, this is my second read of it, like I read it before a few months ago, a month or so ago, um, after finally caving to the embarrassment of having had it in my tablet for like a year. Um, and I think I'm perhaps a bit more um, charitable towards the first chapters because I'd already had that bedding in with the characters. Um, so I maybe that explains why I was so high on it from the get go, because I've already read it um yeah i mean one thing i I will admit is that it it does take a while for me at least is that it takes those three or so or even this whole first volume to kind of bed in the art because for the first chapter especially and also other like as it slowly finds its place like you the characters look quite frankly wall-eyed and their facial structure doesn't quite match the rest of their posture and bodies so like yeah. you get a lot of confusing panels where like Hina's proportions just look real fucked and it's like, oh what's what's going on with her? Like what's going on with her with her character design? Like, is this on purpose? <laughs>
1: yeah the, the the artwork does feel kind of quite quite scratchy a, a lot of the time is I, I think how I'd describe it and yeah like I, I feel like it's very much a case of when you stop noticing that it's just because like everything else that the series is doing is kind of like taken off to the point where you don't really think about that but yeah I mean that, I think that's the weird thing about those opening chapters because like I, I think they are effective at doing what they probably need to do like you get a good feel for kind of Nita and his, his place in the Yakuza and, and again like you get that initial look of him as like oh look, super successful a guy, and then you kind of, like, get to see the reality of it is actually, no, he's kind of, like, middling to actually not particularly successful, and kind of, like, Hina ends up being the one that sort of bails him out of things, which then, in turn, kind of, like you say, turns into the more heartfelt element of, like, oh, like, Hina's been treated pretty badly, clearly, in whatever's happened in her past, and, like, Nita is, is loath to kind of drag her down the same path, even though she has these abilities. Um And I I, I did... I did very much enjoy, I mean, as you mentioned the kind of Hitchhiker's guide s like, why didn't you tell me that moment where just, like, Hina reveals that, like, if she, she basically gets told not to use her powers but then it's revealed that there's a rather important side effect to her never using her powers uh which, uh, which, again like, appears at, at, like, the most inopportune time and then just kicks off a whole other round of stuff going on which, you know, that, that was a, a moment early on that was kind of another moment that was just like, okay, yeah, I, I think uh, I, I think I can see, you know that th- I'm going to get on with this series in the long run.
0: Yeah, I think it helps that, like... It's going to sound weird, but I think it helps with like Nita being, like, a Yakuza and, like, a slightly, obviously, um, sort of extrapolated version of a Yakuza. But it really helps where, like, he gets into these really stupid, like, problems. And he's not, like, a complete irredeemable prick. Like, he's not exactly Kazuma Kiryu, but he's he gets in these situations where he's just like, oh, man, like, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. Like, this is... Uh, I need to get everyone to calm down and not be idiots for a second, but that's going to be hard. And a uh, quick note: I, my headphones have died. I need to put some headphones in because I can't hear anything you're saying, Andy. Sorry, <laughs> one sec. <laughs> Um, So, yeah, the one thing I'll say is that although I just ragged on the art for the faces and such, like, that's kind of the one weakness it has, which, you know, is probably the series' own fault for keep having close-ups of characters reacting to stuff, which, hey, it's a comedy manga, of course you're gonna have that. But it has a lot of, like, good sort of moments when, basically dumb stuff happens (laughs) whenever stupid things happen or something explodes it really sort of brings its a-game in making it look as dumb as possible like with the whole boating fishing trip thing where you know stuff is constantly going horribly wrong and so the art kind of lets you know about that by drawing it frankly so it kind of works in that regard it's just the like the how the characters heads are interfaced with their bodies is the one bit that makes it look kind of weird at least from my point of view
1: Yeah, yeah, it definitely, it definitely has some moments where you, you kind of like cock your head sideways a bit. It's like, is that, is that how humans look? I'm not, I'm not sure, I'm not sure I buy that. But yeah, like, I I think it, it it does enough with its artwork. Like, it's, it it never feels like it's being held back by it necessarily. I think it's kind of the, the the most important thing there. It's like, yeah, this is probably a series that, that could, look better if it if it's so wished, but it does everything that it needs to and that's just fine with me
0: yeah it it get the comedy t- certainly works and i was yeah i was fearful when you started talking about oh no me not liking it but no it, I, as i say like the first few chapters are a weird sort of like grounding but once the characters are familiar with each other and they're familiar to you the reader it really goes to the races and i kind of enjoy the extended cast of like long-suffering idiots who get dragged into it like um hina's school friend um who you know she just gets swept up for the ride in a like almost like ford prefect kind of manner of like oh you're a bong for the light i guess well shit welcome to the welcome to the madhouse (laughs) you're a sensible character but now you're doomed
1: yeah, yeah, I mean, she she serves that kind of, like, typical comedy thing of, like, being the, the normal person in a room full of idiots who's just, like, kind of too naive to realise that everybody's complete idiots and that she should know better than even to, like, hang out with them. It's like, oh, yeah, sure, I'll i'll just come out and like follow you whatever you're doing and then yeah like you say before you know it she's tending a bar she's at a hostess club <laughs> like you know it just it just kind of goes a, a bit off the rails and and you know and, and and then and then the great thing is like her mum phones and she's just like completely it's like oh no i'm at a hostess club right now
0: yeah it's, i uh... i feel bad for her getting chewed out by her mum. it's like look 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 gag manga shit happened to me all right mum, you know i can't really help it can i like i'll be home soon <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, so yeah, like I, I think I, I definitely want to watch the anime adaptation of this. Like, I haven't seen some clips of it, and like now, now I've got a feel for kind of, you know, how it, how it pans out. Like, I definitely want to, want to watch that. And yeah, I can see myself reading some more volumes of this as, as well. Kind of like, I wish it was available a little more widely and, and thus on the cheaper end of the spectrum, because these volumes are kind of expensive, um, in the grand scheme yeah, of they, things. Yeah, they
0: are kind of on the higher end, as you say. It's, but, I mean uh, I mean it, I, I get it. it like feels... one piece books are a smaller publisher, but it makes it ah, you know. It's not so easy just to kind of fling money at it, sort of thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because like this definitely feels like a series that I, I'll, I'll happily like read some more of. But it also feels like the kind of series that's not the kind of like premium stuff like Saint Young Men that we mentioned earlier. That's like, oh yeah, sure. Like I'll throw extra money at this just because of kind of the, the special thing that it is. That this feels like something that I just kind of wish was available like as widely as possible across like all the platforms rather than just just one or two. But uh, you know, hey, hey, hey. Yeah.
0: One thing I will admit actually that I should have mentioned with um, I hear the sunspot, but i can mention it now is that uh, both um and i hear the spawn spot have kind of non-standard font choices for character speech um which you know whatever you can do whatever you like with the fonts you know not everyone has to use anime ace um but it does lead to some strange font choices and like typography at some points um like Oftentimes it feels like the type, the actual font size for the speech bubbles is just a little bit too small. Um, I'm reading on an 8-inch tablet and it gets kind of like... I've got 2020 vision, um, but even I have to kind of like put it close to my face to read it. And some of the author's like notes, or like the translation notes or side notes, are in this like rather thin serif font, which means that some of the detail kind of vanishes um, due to the resolution. And so it... It can become quite difficult to read some of them. And in one case, in Hinomatsuri, there's like a, men- a section where they're looking at um, answers written on a chalkboard. And the answers are in black against a very dark gray background, again, in a serif font. So it's hard to read. Um, So it makes it kind of harder to kind of like read some of the smaller text. Um, Also worth noting is I hear the sunspot comes in at a very svelte 45 meg, which, you know, that's cool. But again, kind of makes it suffer on the resolution department. But again, you only really see that, at least I only really see all that with the fonts and again it's kind of one of these things where it's like zooming in on like rather too small font to try and read it and some some little sort of weird like very minor um but elliot moaned sort of typography and sort of like editing issues
1: yeah yeah i mean I, i was reading on a 10 inch tablet so i didn't really have any issues with legibility but certainly like there's a Aesthetically, like, their kind of font and typography choice just doesn't look as nice as kind of the typical standards. Like, I, I, I don't want to sit here and say, oh, it it looks like a scanlation, but it kind of does a little bit. Like, it feels, it, it just feels that little bit less polished than, than kind of, yeah, what, what I'm used to from digital manga. I mean, I guess we should always also mention while we're talking about this. Like uh, somebody on Twitter queried about I hear the sunspot and what its translation was like. It seemed pretty solid to me. I mean, you know, again, don't have source material to compare to, etc., etc. But like, there weren't really any points where I felt like, oh, this seems really clunky and doesn't make sense. Like it all, it all seemed to scan pretty well with both of these series for me. I didn't have any kind of readability issues in terms of have the translation felt personally
0: yeah same it it seemed fine to me i was kind of bracing for the worst if i hear the sunspot i mean there are one or two moments but i think that's more just the fact that um uh oh no i've forgotten his name damn it um the hearing loss guy. I forgot oh god. Uh, Sugihara. Sugihara. Jesus, that's a record for me forgetting someone's name even after I have said it 16 times. Um, mm. but there's one part where he's you know, I think the main problem just comes from the fact that he's bad at communicating, including um the one point when you sh- he should have been cut off which is because he used ellipsis in a text message. Don't do that. It makes you read like um, your mum. Like it makes you makes you look like you're 50 or something if you're using ellipsis in a text message. So Maybe it's just me just hating when people do that, but whatever. <laughs> but yeah, I enjoyed Hino Matsuri a great deal. Uh, as you mentioned, it's the price on the higher end of digital um, books means that I... I can't really just fling money at it. I'd love. Uh, that sounds very churlish of me, but I I plan to read more of it. But it's not at the like impulse purchase level of eh. I can justify this, Chuck. So I'm. I don't know if One Piece books ever appears in any sales. I haven't seen them so far, but I may just. I might just sort of hold back for a wee smidge. Um,
1: yeah, yeah. That's that's exactly where I'm at with it. But yeah, like that that side, it's definitely. I feel like it's been a while since I've, I've had so many kind of like life out loud chuckles at, at a, at a series that, that I've read. Certainly for, for this podcast because I, I know we, we we perhaps don't pick enough comedy stuff, but like this this was definitely like one of the funnier things that I've read in quite a while. Like once it once it warmed up and I warmed up to it, it was just like it was it was kind of knocking it out of the park with a, a quite surprising regularity.
0: Yeah, I think once it once it gets going, it's kind of unstoppable, which is a good fun thing to see. Um, but yeah, have you got anything else to say about Hinamatsuri, Andy? Uh, no, I, I don't think so. Cool. No, I, I really enjoy it. It's It's got a lot of good stuff in there. Once you Yeah, like, reading it a second time was a great treat because, as I say, I had gotten used to some of its characters and its pacing, and I was like, oh, man, this is all gold. Like, this is great. Um, so that's Hina Matsuri so moving on what we can talk about next time so we mentioned um, Andy mentioned just now that we need to have more comedy and so he has picked a comedy Um, do you want to introduce your title for the next episode Andy?
1: Uh, yes, indeed. Like if, if you are one of our our patron uh, subscribers, you'll know that uh, recently we, we took on uh, the first uh, omnibus of, of Ranma Half, and we, we kind of uh, we kind of talked a little bit about Rumiko Takahashi and, and her kind of uh, influence, and uh, it, it did kind of put into the back of my mind. It planted the seed that there's another really important series of, of theirs that I've not read. Um, yet So uh, I have picked volume one of that for the next show.
0: As a quick um, curse you, Andy. I was going to pick that. I swear to God. And also, it's four hundred pages ages um it's an omnibus so but uh i've already read it so haha sucks to be you um i'm ahead of you um so also from my pick um a comedy romantic comedy series that i spoilers for the episode but i like a great deal and want to make andy read it um it's we never learn which is on the shonen jump app and there's like god knows how much of it now so i guess read until you get sick of it or just i feel like you've got you've read enough to have a um an opinion um,
1: yeah yeah I, I i feel like this is my punishment for taking your pick because i i've i've seen the anime adaptation and read a little bit of this and yeah I, I have opinions on this series.
0: <laughs> well I'll be glad to discuss them on the next episode of Screen Tone Club um, but you can find out more um, about the podcast in previous episodes at screentone.club Tone uh, Club recently re-updated the list of um, topics we've previously covered it turns out when you do like 32 episodes of a podcast with two topics a piece you kind of cover a lot of manga fast um, if you like the podcast please consider telling a friend, tweeting about it talking about it on the discord, that sort of stuff really helps with gathering new adherents to the creed um and also you can get to us contact us on twitter at screen tone club or one word uh, you can also email us at show at Screentone dot club and some personal plugs my name is elliot page um, you can find me at elliot page on twitter where i am currently in six different mind spaces at once because i'm about to have to move across the entire country and completely upheaval my life um but It shouldn't affect the podcast. So look forward to more episodes and me being a bit frazzled. Andy, how about you? Uh,
1: Yes, you can find me not doing any of those things at Hannahs1979.
0: Okay, cool. So thank you everyone for listening and good night.
1: Bye, everyone.